Hi, I'm OA. <laughs> I'm Omar Tarbush. And I'm Matt Nussbaum. And this is The Drive Home. Every single time now, when you go back... Why are you chuckling? Why do you chuckle after... Well, I was going to say, the beginning of the episode, me introducing myself, is just me laughing and then kind of like being like, because okay, that's my name too. Because if it's good, you messed up before when I've done it. I originally wanted to do sign language uh, listeners, but I was told... Oh, it's, it would be Dude, this is a... This is a... This is not a visual... It's not a... Exactly. It's not a visual I was, media. I was doing the hand motions right in front of my mic so you can hear the movement. Mm. That's insensitive. We, we, I was going to say we appreciate you, Omar, we appreciate Omi trying to be our offhand discussion earlier. We appreciate, we appreciate Omi trying to be inclusive here, but uh doesn't really translate well over the mic unfortunately. Uh welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week on the drive home. We have finally the long awaited discussion. I I know I've been looking forward to this for two months at this point right omar i mean two months yeah i'm sure all of you have also been looking forward because everyone's been seeing it man this movie's been the talk of the town Mm -hmm. every the the, everyone's flocking to see it you know what are they flocking to see omar i want to let everyone know my review for this movie it's gonna be fuck you matthew jacob nussbaum and it should be fuck you daniel ferrans too director of the film the movie in question is the murder of nicole brown simpson uh, I apologize for using your full name. You can edit it out. No, I don't care about my full name. I care that you pronounced it wrong, dickhead. We, you know, it's a fictional portrait of the, I believe, you know, the last days in Nicole Brown Simpson's life. What did uh, I say? How did I say it wrong? That's fine. That's wrong. Can you shut up? I shit all the time. No. <laughs> um, that's bound. Yeah, no, that's bound. Right? No. no. There you go. Nice job. Okay. I've always said it the other way. You've never corrected me. You have here and there, but okay. Oh, you good to go, Omar. <laughs> now it's Omar's time. Yeah, time show Bob done with his little, uh, his little. All right, Omar Tarbush. Omar, is that how is that how it is? Omar Tarbush. Go. So Omid's gonna be Omid's gonna be reviewing the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson because he enjoyed. He got. He was able to, you know, catch up with that one. Thankfully for all of us. Um, okay, you're putting this blame on me. No, you guys forgot to give me a new movie. Then you gave me movies that weren't available. The timing Dude, was. Fine. You've had you this. You've had this movie for over like, that's a month. A, you've a had lie. it for a while, and it's okay like because. But it doesn't matter because we're here. We got to this point, and we made you watch what is you know one of the most notoriously panned movies of probably oh, all time. Uh, and I can't wait to hear more about why, even though, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts. I'm sure you have. Lots I'm sure he does. So, so we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna are we starting off with that? Or no, gonna... no, no. I figure we let that one marinate a little bit. Um, let Omid, you know, just for just for a little longer. This is the remember most I'll be in an episode to uh, to be a little better at picking Oscar winners. So, uh, you know. correct. I thought the Oscars don't matter to us. They matter when we place a bet on it. Place a bet on it. <laughs> um, but that's coming later. First, we're gonna be circling back. To a 2002 film featuring another famous. I don't know where I was going with that one. I was trying to connect it to, and I, I really had no were, idea. Were you just going. about to equate Robin Williams to O.J. Simpson? I was gonna. Is that what you were about to do? <laughs> no. Men of the 90s. Oh man. Oh. Uh, Dar- acting darling sweetheart, rest in peace. One of the best people to ever bless this planet Earth, Robin Williams. Uh, is the lead of of One Hour Photo, the film that we'll be be discussing today. This is one of his only darker turns. Um, This actually came out the same year as the Nolan movie Insomnia, which is kind of his other uh, sort of darker turn where he plays like kind of a... He's in Insomnia? Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. You you asked me if he's in the movie, dude. Come on. Yes. I did not know he was in the movie. Him and Al Pacino. Oh, Wow. And like it's just funny that like you know it's like he like he got through like the eighties and nineties and kind of decided like in early two thousands like I'm gonna play against type for these two movies and then go back to being Robin Williams. Um, well, some great performances out of it. So yeah, I'm happy he did. So Omar, you know, considering this was your pick, a film you talk about, uh, you know, quite a bit. Why don't you give the listeners? A synopsis of uh, Mark Romanek's, I guess, 
probably unseen. I mean, I had never heard of this movie until you talked about it. So I imagine I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, criminally underrated, I will say. But uh, yeah, one hour photo is uh, basically about follows Robin Williams' character, Cy. He works in a um, photo lab at like a big sort of Walmart knockoff type store. And he's a lives a very lonely existence. He doesn't really have people in his life, family, friends, anything. And he kind of latches on to this family that he becomes kind of obsessed with, I guess you could say. And just like uh, they they are like a family that brings in their photos and, de- and he develops them for him and he develops this infatuation for them. But it's like, it's a weird sort of like, he doesn't it's not like a typical like heat serial killer or anything kind of like that he's just kind of like a an oddball sociopath um and it's a very interesting sort of character study i think it's you know i'm already revealing obviously my thoughts about it but that's not really any surprise at this point i i uh i think this movie has done nothing but age better with time um and i'm very curious to hear about like what you guys interesting i think this is a relic uh not a relic in the set but it's just like it's so too early 2000s in some ways but i i would say i think in the in the superficial ways it is in the fact that these like you don't take your photos to get developed anymore at a at a walmart but you know we can get into it but that's you know that's the gist of it it's kind of a character study um doesn't overstay its welcome it's 90 minutes long it's i i think it's very very interesting and i actually have a lot to say about it so i'm curious to hear about what you guys um have to say about it so i want to hear about your thoughts before i get into it matthew sure i mean i think and you know i have i have my problems with with the film i think generally speaking um you're right I, i mean i would call this criminally underseen i think it's engaging and it's a really fun watch um, and I think it does a really good job at showing sociopaths as not just like, uh, what's, what's, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's, it's a pretty nuanced look at, at a sociopath. Um, it's, with not a, it's not a typical movie like, so like, oh, he wants to kill them or he wants to murder the husband and take right. it to the like, Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's not Jack Torrance. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he's not mm-hmm. this just borderline over the top character he's a just he seems like another guy and obviously as the film goes on and even from the beginning you can kind of tell how creepy he is but i think what it what how the movie succeeds is because it is robert williams playing against type and if it's not williams playing against type in this movie and and, and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this i don't think this movie succeeds uh, I read an, an, an interview and, and Romanek said that he wanted um, he wanted uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson to play it. Yeah. Right. And I think if Jack Nicholson had played this role, this movie would suck. Well, that's no, why I think it's... No like offense to Jack, obviously. Yeah. But I think having a generally thought of as... And, and also, also, let me just... Sorry to go on a total tangent here. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of kind of jarring and scary with hindsight and knowing how the rest of robin williams life will will play out like in this movie i think it works so well because you have this generally thought of to be a jovial and you know comedic presence guy playing this extremely lonely sad at times right deluded person and the movie works so well in my opinion because of Williams being able to leverage that against the audience, right? And then, yeah, like knowing that, you know, the struggles that he was dealing with makes it all the more, you know, incredibly done. But so I, I don't think it would be better. I mean, not do I not think it would be better. I think this movie relies pretty much solely on Williams playing against type, which is both a compliment and kind of a backhanded insult i think but not to take a lot away from the movie i, I just think you know. i have thoughts on that but i want to let him eat i was gonna say this a little bit of a tangent as well but i was able when i went home a couple months ago my family was watching the robin williams documentary and 
they what well, literally went over every film, but they didn't they didn't even talk about this movie, which I thought in hindsight now is very interesting that like they 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 glanced over this movie when talking about his performances. Yeah, it's a documentary. They're gonna talk about when his role as Monk and like Mandy and Monk. Like, well, doesn't that make sense? Yes, it it, it does. Okay, make the TV sense. show that I put him on the map as well as other instances, but in hindsight, it's interesting. It's interesting that they didn't discuss this movie. I just um, think that it's pretty. My awesome. thoughts. Not gonna I agree. Nice. No go. Oh my god. Go, go. I was gonna say I don't think that you're gonna like in a documentary like that that's like celebrating his life. Even though yes, it's like it's a role he played in a movie. I still think it would. But be it's one of the few roles where he's going against character. I think that's that because they they did. I forgot what other movie, but like there's one other movie they highlighted where it was Insomnia. Yeah, they did talk about. It. Yeah, they so that's well, I, that thing. just part of part of my thesis on this movie being super underrated. But yeah, but, but um, I agree. I do think the performance carries it. This is again not a. Or if you didn't make me watch this, I don't think I would ever get around to this film. Maybe out of time I watched this, but never think I should talk about it again. Which I, I, which I have a ton of movies on my watch list. I got to cut down on. But I, I think it's a, I think it's an incredible performance for a fine movie. Um, not because I don't think the movie's not good. I just, again, I'm more of a guy who has, if I'm emotionally connected to a movie, it's a four or five. If I'm not emotionally connected to it or invested at, not even emotionally, but just invested at all. And I just think it's good and there's great performances. I think it's going to be a fine movie. So that, I think it's more of a personal taste than anything with me and my opinion on this movie. But, but dude, I think there's so much to admire about this movie. Like, uh, you know, we're t- we've talked about Williams, and like I said, I mean, I think the movie hinges on on his performance, but there, the the framing of everything, especially the color work and and the set design, with the the store being so 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 sterile. I mean, it it it, it the whole thing. I can't think of a better word but sterile. And you have that with what's the what's her name nina's nina's and like the that fan what's the what's uh, yorkin 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 yeah. the yorkin home is very cozy you know and it's a very warm, warm and colorful brown, and, like it's right total with, contrast and it, right so you you contrast that with the stark white of the save mart and then you have size home which is just nothing right i mean it's there's it's it's aside from his wall of pictures there's just nothing there and when he like, walks into his kitchen, it's like perfectly clean and sterile mm-hmm. and just like so cold and right. detached. And like, to me, that is such brilliant. Like that is such an easy thing to overlook because that is not anything that is like screaming for your attention, but it's there and it's very intentional. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Omid, like, you know, we like to kind of joke about like in our critical approach to cinema class that we took, like mise-en-scene and all this like kind of stuff that can lean into pretension sometimes when you're talking about movies and like costumes and set designs did they make the drapes blue because they were trying to evoke the character's depression in that moment like no maybe the drapes were just fucking blue but i think in this case like those decisions are very calculated and very meticulous and all contribute to like the tone and the contrast that the movie is trying to present between him and the family right the tone is huge there and and you know that it's 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 that sterility which gives the film the whole film that uneasiness that Williams just takes and runs with, and it works for that reason. So you know, I think Romanek had a great eye in this movie, and he does a, a really good job cutting between them and and just really doing a good job at juxtaposing. You know, well I can't even fucking speak right now. <laughs> juxtaposing those two sides of things. Um, but I do, you know, I, I, I did like this movie, you know, uh, a, a good amount. And I really liked the movie I did, until uh, the ending, which I had a feeling you know, you were say that. We, can, we, can, we can get into. I'd, I'd love to get into, and I would love to hear your guys' opinions on the ending. And so, again, spoiler alert for anyone that doesn't want to hear spoilers. Stop now. Okay. I really, really did not like the interrogation scene and the reveal the big reveal that Psy was abused it seems like the biggest cop-out of all cop-outs it's so this movie it's it's so tidy it's too tight it this movie does not need an ending like that not only does it not need an ending like that 
an ending like that in which your ends are wrapped up and you conveniently can say, oh, here's you, you just spent 90 minutes following this creepy sociopath, this guy who is pretty much terrorizing this family, right? Whether they know it or not. And then obviously by the end they do. And he does this, these horrible acts and these horrible scarring things to these people. And then they say, oh, but he was abused, so it's fine. See, I don't think that's what the movie's saying. I think that's what the movie, that, that's how it felt to me, that, that they used that to just write off, not defend it, but be like, oh, that's why he did all that, and it just seems too tight. That's the nuance to me. It's not defending it. It's just adding, like, a layer of humanity to him. That, but what like, does it add? Like, Because it because uh, here's the thing about his character is, like, he he has this, like, disarming kind of, like, charm in, a, like, an awkward way in some of those earlier scenes when he's interacting with, like, he's this awkward kind of, like, he's, you know, oh, I'll give you the, like, I'll give you this camera for your birthday, like, all this kind of stuff. He shows up to the kid's uh, soccer game practice. It's, like, it's it's creepy, but it's also, like, there's a part of it that seems kind of just like a, he just wants to be like around people. He just wants someone in his life. Like he just, that's what the part I love about, like what I said earlier about, it's not some generic thing of like, he wants to replace the husband and become the husband in this family. He wants to be the uncle. uncle yeah. You know? He wants to be like this, like, you know, he just wants to feel a part of, of something of a family something that he was deprived of as a kid because he didn't have that good like upbringing and that's also why i love the and i and i want to say something about actually real quick about what you just said because this is kind of i i feel like i've brought this movie up a million fucking times on this show so i apologize but it's kind of a similar situation to elysium where mark romanek actually has pretty outwardly spoken against what the studio made him add to this movie and i think it was that I, th- really? I don't know that for a fact, but I think if you if you try to surmise what he's saying, I think he's basically saying that they had they made him make certain things more explicit than he wanted them to be. But in this case, the reason I'm comparing it to the Elysium thing is I think it actually works. I don't I don't dislike the decision, even if it's me disagreeing with the director on their own movie. I think it works because that scene just like adds it gives him some humanity and it gives like a little bit of just like why do we need to humanize him? Because he's a because he he's a person with a with a horrific upbringing that like none of us could ever imagine, and that doesn't defend what he does, but it like it gives you some window into how he perceives the world and how fucked up he is in his head because of something that happened mm-hmm. to him at a young at an age before he was able to even. Come well, I agree with you. I mean, I I agree with whatever thing you're saying. I just want just want this more. Uh, back. No, I, I, I hear you. I think having the humanity in the character is key to the whole movie working but what my opinion i think there already was humanity in that character before that reveal i think that's what williams brings to this character his acting just his presence humanizes this person this character and i think that there's enough in the film before that where when the whole thing is going down I still am kind of feeling bad for Sai the whole way through already. To me, that scene in the in the hotel room, like it's it's what kind of turned me against him completely in the moment, and was like this guy. You know, I remember watching the movie, and this was a rewatch. I haven't seen this movie, mind you, in six years, and I was terrified of the actually seven years. I checked. I watched. I logged this in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I was terrified of this rewatch because I really thought this movie wasn't going to hold up. And like I said, in my opinion, it only got better, actually. But that scene is when I was like, fuck, is this movie going down like a generic route now? Is he just going to be crazy? Is he just going to like do horrible things to them? I couldn't remember that much about the climax. And then the interrogation really? scene brought me back in, not only because of that, but because I love the callback of the photos. You know how he shows those photos at the end? And I, yeah. I love that because I don't know how you guys interpreted that whole thing. But to me, that was a callback to the pictures that the kid took that uh jake i think is his name is yep took the pictures and they were all kind of these like fuzzy like not great pictures of like just like objects and like random shit like something that a kid would take on their on their camera of course and it was like that moment of him showing those pictures was like him recapturing that childhood that he was deprived of it was like him evoking jake and him kind of 
tapping into this this childlike innocence that he never had because he had this horrible horrible these horrible horrible things happen to him probably on a consistent basis if you're going to surmise and, and take a guess at like the abuse that he was facing at the hand of his father mm-hmm. like i don't know i just think it that none of that works without knowing that information and it's not some big reveal scene it's not some big flashback of of him as a kid and oh there's size a kid and there's what happens if he says it and it's but to me it was never in such an explicit way like where he was like my father did this to me when i was a kid it was like i mean like, come on no yeah yeah he, but but that's where robin williams comes in a, a lesser actor does not sell that monologue but he sells the hell out of it. It doesn't work without him. I, I agree with you on some front that this movie doesn't work without him. In that scene in particular, it doesn't. Because like you need a, a, a phenomenal actor to make that scene work and sell it and make you feel for him. And that's why I loved it. Just like the com- the characters are like really complex and like I don't know. It's just I don't know why this movie isn't talked about more. It's 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 so much better than any of these generic fucking psychopath sociopath it's a great it it is the best character study it not the best but i i can't i can't say that definitively that i remember but it is one of the best character studies of a of a you know you normally you get the character studies of you know people trying to overcome obstacles or you know in a more positive light right or you watch like a downfall rarely do you there's no start or you know there's no downfall because there's no they're never at the top right it's just a character study of like a a sad sociopathic human and it's incredible for being that i think not without its faults but and the reason i was saying part of why i think like it's only aged like fine wine is like the the first thing i thought of in like the one of the opening things that he was saying in like his narration was like instagram He's like, nobody ever takes a picture of something or a photograph of something they want to forget. Like everyone portrays their life. Like this predates social media, dude. Mm -hmm. It literally predates social media and everything about that monologue and and those, these inner monologue that he's having about sort of like why people take pictures, the kinds of things that they want to immortalize these moments. It's, it's literally fucking Instagram. It's like everyone is posting about themselves on a beach and on Christmas and Thanksgiving and all these amazing things. No one takes a picture of the horrible things in their life. That's why he doesn't like, he didn't have anything, anything positive to latch on to. You know, I love this movie so much. I, I, I'm like, ah, it gets me going. Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, it's not as intense as you, but you know, if I was a high schooler, in the early 2000s, I would love to have a job like this because I'm a nosy motherfucker and I would just love to see what's going on in people's yeah. lives and their photos. But but you see what I mean? Like uh, that kind of thing, like, it just, it it works almost better now than it did when this movie came out. Like th- that, that, that aspect of the world and social media and this kind of toxicity, like didn't exist in the way I'm that- I'm off Instagram, did you know? Yeah, Omid's off Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And, and- you're missing out on a lot of people posting pictures of like the things that they want you to see in their life or the things they fake care about. Exactly. Or the things they fake care about, but it's all like, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's, it's really brilliant and it's really like timeless in that sense. And, and I don't know. And I also just kind of love it to me. It evokes, I know, I think you guys have seen Taxi Driver, but I know you haven't I, seen I was literally, ju- that's so fucking creepy to say that, because I was yeah. just about to say, why do people love Taxi Driver, and no one talks about this movie? Because this movie is pretty much better than Taxi Driver in every single possible wow, way. that's a definitive statement. I agree, but I, that's a hot-ass, like, you know like, my You know my feelings towards Taxi, you know, I didn't like, sure. I really like Taxi But, like, Driver. this is, this is, like, a, this movie to me is reminiscent of, like, an era of filmmaking that I really love, which is, like, the 70s lonely man like taxi driver the conversation like kind of just these very very deep character studies that like are told almost entirely from the perspective of like a character and just really breaking down their psyche um also i just want to highlight one scene that i really love that i was like where is this going and then i really really like how it concludes you know the scene when he's in their house oh yeah the the daydream 
yeah the daydream phenomenal so I good was like this makes no sense like how did he get in the house all this stuff? and i just like something about the way it, i think it was the way that scene ended and like they you know he they find him they see him and then they welcome him They're like oh i thought you were leaving and then he snaps back it's yes. really well done it is it is it is really well done dude it also just kind of less relating to the movie but doesn't this just make you like you guys remember like going with your parents to the store to get your photos developed, you know, and like you get the packet back. What a great, what a great, great era. small era. Cause yeah. you know what I mean? Like how long was that really like a super well, big deal? Actually, like, yeah, like a decade, you know what I mean? Of like, right, like everyone had disposables and then everyone would go to, you know, I remember we used to go to Costco. We got all of oh, our photos nice. developed Costco at Costco as well here. Costco All of our photos got developed at Costco, and I'm sure still a ton of our family you know, photos you know, you know, are still in those little Costco like the Costco folding. A, and then oh. no, and then when you when you go pick it up, it'd be A B C D E F G, yep. like basically exactly. last name. Yep. Yeah. What a great what a great time, and like I think that's another thing for me with this movie is it on it like unknowingly and subconsciously evoked a sense of nostalgia for me just from like watching people drop off their pictures and then getting their pictures back. Mm-hmm. in a weird way i mean it just it, it, it i loved it like it, it was just one of those things you don't really think about but i just like kept thinking about it. like man i missed that those were good times Stop. also jim rash being the porn guy is fucking hilarious dude jim rash you know jim, like, he's the dean in, in in community oh really you know you know you, you have you seen community like i've seen episodes here and there okay well he's the dean in community and he plays this like goofball but you know the guy in the movie who's like he's 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 the He's the porn guy that drops the porn off at the yeah, store. Yeah, and yeah. Robin, like, I thought you were going to talk about the manager. The, the manager's in a V. He, he's he's in also every, in the West Wing. He's also in the West Wing. Gary Cole is in so many movies. He's like. No, I don't, what is he in the West Wing? Oh, are you serious, Omid? He's in Veep. He is, well, best known for Veep. Dude, he, sure. But he, have but, you seen Veep? No, I have not seen Veep. But what I'm saying is the fact that you don't know that you don't know him from the West yeah, Wing dude, I, makes me so sad, Omid. It's okay, Hoynes, anyway. dude. It's Vice President Hoynes. Whoa. Yes. As, man. Dude, as soon as I no. saw him. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm like, if, if I'm wrong, then like, no, kill me. I think me. you're wrong. If I'm wrong, then kill me. If I'm wrong, then kill me. Because I. Up? Are you going to confirm? Dude, I know he's the VP, dude. I know no, for a he's fact. Not. Yes, no, he you're is. Wrong. You're wrong. It's played by Terry Tim Matheson. All the West Wing. No, no, you're wrong. You're Google. absolutely Google. wrong. It's by- Yes, he's right. He's vi- Vice President Bob Russell. Let's go. Oh, right, 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 wrong name. But yes, okay, I was totally right. What do you mean I'm wrong, Omi? You're going to tell me I'm wrong? You said Hoynes, so I looked at sh- Okay, sure, yeah. I had the wrong I had the wrong VP, sorry. He's like a he's like a awesome, just like he's in so many like little bit right. parts. He's in Talladega Nights. He's in like Dodgeball. He's in so many movies here and there, like just randomly pops up. But he's, I liked him in the movie too. I also just, I bought into that whole concept of like of him getting fired and then it kind of sending him down that like that was kind of like the final nail in the car yeah, well, they call you know it's it's a it's a it's a trigger yeah know? it's like a trick and, and and like it made sense within the context of the movie like he was like you know spending like basically like expending all those materials on those extra prints that he was keeping to himself mm-hmm. he had that 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 uh altercation with the guy and like it was like a very big scene you know the lunch breaks like it, it worked to me I, I bought into like everything in the movie and i agree with the nostalgia aspect except for me it's kind of twofold because it's like one yes it's the era it's evoking but two it's like i i don't know i just was remembering m- myself watching the movie the movie yeah and like it left such a like deep impression on me because aladdin was one of my favorite movies as a kid like other like i grew up seeing robin williams in this in this you know light that he was always playing these kind of characters these charming sweet he's like your dad and then you see him in this movie and it's like it's so alarming because it's like on one hand he does have like a tinge of that charisma and that like charm Mm -hmm. and sweetness but it's shrouded in so much ugliness and like and like you said uh, there's no better way than just he's delusional he's literally like he's he's so detached from reality in this movie absolutely so I love this movie. I'm I'm glad you. I liked it. I I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I did, and you know, I I had a, I had a couple things to say about it negatively, but as a whole, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it, and I think a lot of people would love this movie. And I really don't know why they haven't seen it. So, 
last thing I want to say, I, I went on a like an interview binge with Robin, like Robin Williams interviews after watching this movie. And I saw, I found a really good, I would recommend you guys check it out. Actually. It's a really good interview uh, on Charlie Rose with him and Mark Romanek. And dude, there is no way to just like explain like Robin Williams's energy and just the way that he like in that interview, he's just, he's like, he's constantly just cracking jokes and doing voices and like, there is nobody like him to ever fucking walk this planet. And I fully believe that like, he is such a, a treasure and it is so sad. I was literally crying, like just watching interviews of him. It was like, he's, he's so, he's so, he's you watched documentary Omar? No. Check it out. It's on HBO. <sighs> that would be a really hard watch for me to be honest, but maybe I will. He's yeah. He's too good for this world. Rest in peace, buddy. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Thank you guys for indulging me on one hour photo. I'm happy uh, it won, dude. I'm happy it I'm won. I'm sure that nobody listening to this has seen it yet, but please, please, please. I mean, I guess you heard all the spoilers by now, but take our word for it and watch the movie. Yeah. Agreed. Omid, any last thoughts on one hour photo? Go to watch. That's it. Okay. Get out of your comfort zone. You demand a few words. <laughs> what do you mean get out of your comfort zone? You're talk- you, it's like you're saying that to yourself. You're looking at yeah, your Yeah, you're the you're one. Telling, this is not your comfort this zone. This is your, you out of your comfort I'm zone. I'm not out of my comfort zone. It's just. Oh my God. It's not oh, a horror movie, no. It's, it's a drama at the end of the day. This episode. Can we choose a coming of age movie for next week? <laughs> <laughs> and is there a problem with that? No, it's not like you just rewatched Lady Bird for the fourth time. Goddamn right, I did. Just giving the sappy ass reviews every it's other phenomenal. Time. So the, don't don't laugh about here's your here's your movies. here's your monthly reminder to go watch Lady Bird, everybody. Don't, don't give me shit about coming of age movies, all right, bud. Oh, speaking of coming of age movies, Omid. Uh, so I'm on a call. Uh, let's transition into our back half of this episode. Um, we've already talked about it at the top of the show, so why don't we? Why don't we just dive on right in? You know, let's let's stop beating around the bush here. Um, Omid. Matthew. Let's hear it. Let's Tell hear it, man. Tell what us. do you want to hear? I want to hear everything. Because this. this is a film I haven't seen. I, I, I don't know anything about it. So, um, so I'm going to do the same thing that I did with Nuss with Old Boy, the American remake of Old Boy that, I made, that we made him watch. Uh, I'm going to ask you to summarize this movie as best you can. I'll give you two minutes. How about that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you you'll give, you'll 90 give seconds. To tell 90 me. seconds. 90 seconds. No, because it's easier because you can't do a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can, you can. I'm stupid. Okay. Damn, so, what, what are we, a boomer? Yeah. Can't even get your timer out. Timer right. So how about you summarize the, the 2020 film, The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, for me in a minute and a half, starting now. Yeah, so uh, the murder of, the, the title says it itself. It's about the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, I, I think it's a five to six day time period that leads up to her untimely death. Um, it takes the approach that OJ doesn't really that, that OJ doesn't kill his ex wife. It is do it is the Casanova killer of the nineties, uh, Mister. Sorry, I literally just had his name up, Carl. Glenn Rogers. Glenn Rogers. That tells you enough. That's a serial killer in itself. Um, it has a Chris Jenner appearance. Um, not really. There's an actress who plays Chris Jenner really poorly. Um, Chris Kardashian at that point. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's just. What, give me the run me through the plot, man. Let's go. You got 40 seconds. It, it, it starts off with. Uh, I don't know. It starts off with uh, Nicole's uh, surprise birthday party, um, and then she hears people in the woods, in in her in the bushes. She thinks it's OJ stalking her. Like there's a there's a scene where she like goes off on OJ, being like, "You couldn't control my life." There's some therapy scenes. Oh my god, they were so bad. <laughs> um, where she's like, oh, la, 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 and I'm like, la, 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 and it's whatever. Um, and then it's just a lot of cat and mouse, and then she meets Glenn Rogers, who. Uh, who was doing some maintenance on her neighbor's house and she needs some maintenance on her house. So he hires her to do that work. Um, but then I was doing some research. There is no Glenn, like Glenn Rogers says he met, he met Nicole Brown Simpson and killed her, but nobody else knew this guy until then. Anyways, that's some outside knowledge. Um, and then she had, and then she's paranoid for another, for the next couple of days, her boy, not her boy. Sorry. That was very insensitive of me. Um, Ron Goldman, who is also killed, 
uh, when Nicole J. Brown's Nicole Brown Simpson's also killed. Uh, it's in a, they go on runs together. Uh, he tells her to be careful. There's this one scene. I don't Omar, I don't know if you've you've seen you said you know about this movie where I haven't seen she any has she has a dream and it's like her being thrown against the wall. It's like her, I'm just like, oh my god. Well, I was like she's like being thrown against the wall up and down this and that. I'm like, what does this have to do with the movie? It was just a really poorly shot, whatever. I just this movie was just a waste of my 90 minutes of last night. I could have been asleep, but the things I do for you both. Well, that was like two and a half, but we'll give it to you. Was there um, a single, single quality thing in this film? A single one? Good question. Actually, oh, I was reading the Wikipedia page, and I, I would agree. I don't think the lead performance is that bad. Who, who, is, who bad. is the lead performance? Nina Suvari. Never heard Nina of Nina Suvari is a good actress. Yeah, she's she like, was in American Beauty, a couple American Pies. Uh, she's like a, a known actress, I believe. Yeah. I also hear that the God... They got someone who actually kind of looks like OJ to play OJ. That's a positive, right? Uh, did, did she look like Nicole? Of. No. She didn't. Okay. Mind you, this is the same mastermind who brought you Hillary Duff as Sharon Tate the year before in The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Yes, I was going to bring guy's that up. This guy's got a niche for making movies about real-life murders and then turning them into, like, conspiracy revisionist history, I guess. Oh, yeah, dude. I saw a review on Letterboxd for the... For this movie where it's like his next movie is going to be the death of kurt cobain it's going to be how courtney love blues brains out <laughs> yeah exactly like what i don't what a strange I niche like dude. how these movies exist like do yeah. you... i looked up who like the who who's the studios behind it is skyline studios is like these types of movies uh that all the same studios like back this movie back the the haunting of sharon tate so my question is, does it, how much does it lean into like the horror aspect? Because I think if I remember correctly in reading about the Sharon Tate one, it's like a demonic movie. It's like a demonic possession movie. But this one is like Glenn kills her or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there is that demonic dream scene I did bring up, but yeah. it's not very horror ish unless it's like, like a, unless it's like, like a woman on a walk by herself, like a man stalking her. That type of like scariness or like realness of it all but there's no like actual like holy shit this is a horror movie type thing so um yeah my question is it really as bad like to give people context anyone who doesn't know like yes it's not a good movie the reason i asked me to watch it this is like the most poorly reviewed movie i can remember hearing about in like a very long time everyone says this movie is like not only bad but it's like offensive Here's like, here, here's some stats for y'all. All right, if any of your stats heads, ready? <laughs> this film has a zero percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero, not one. Zero. This film has an average rating of a one point zero seven out of ten. On what? On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. <laughs> and then on Letterboxd, this film has a. 0.9 average. 0.9. That's the or, worst I've seen. Some some or, really bad movies out there have I'm one on four the or something. I'm like on that. the details for this the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson's page. You know what an alternative title is? What? The haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's let me check if, like fuck, I can't do it again. Let me I check if the, let me check if the Sharon Tate had the killing of Sharon Tate. That's ridiculous, uh, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's just baffling to me that this movie exists because everything I heard about this Sharon Tate movie was that it was, you know, offensive and it it fictionalized and and conspiracy theory. That's, that's literally what this is. It's a conspiracy that, theory. Yeah, that whole story. So it's like, how did he get another one greenlit? Like how? Because on Earth? because I bet he backs his own productions, bud. I don't know, man. <laughs> this is it's unbelievable. Just, what? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm in a rabbit hole. Though. Look at this. The Haunting of Sharon Tate. One of the studios, the studios behind it, back Dallas Buyers Club, The Hurt Locker, like Don John, like a ton of an right. Academy Award winning film. Also, I just want to say, now that we're just like on real, I'm, I'm on a rabbit hole right now. Daniel Farins, the guy that, you know, wrote and directed this film, he won Best Director in 2019 for at the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival for The Haunting of Sharon Tate. He won Best Director. 
So what someone, is, so some people are liking these. Is that like a front for a cult that he's a part of? <laughs> Dude, they have their own Wikipedia page. Mmm. Mmm. Interesting. <laughs> can Can you name me some of the other recipients recipients of said award? Um. I cannot. Well, so so genuinely though, me though, like jokes aside like this movie is like exploitation like offensive like bad right is it just bad or is it is it like offensive that's that's really what i wanted to know everything i've read is that it's offensive but but i don't see how it could be sorry oh me like i I think it's very disrespectful to the colbert simpson and her family i think they've dealt with a lot of trauma since her killing um and i don't think this adds anything good to it i think it inspire like it diminishes the truth um i don't know like i don't know how if it's extremely the most offensive movie i've ever seen in my life i think black hawk down portrayals of somalians is much more offensive but um an interesting take that's not it's not extremely but black hawk down does not have the best like whatever i I like black hawk i thought black hawk down was fine but um sorry spoiler alert. um no it's offensive but like it's not the most offensive movie i've ever seen in my life interesting but it's a really bad movie it's disrespectful it's not just it's not offensive it's disrespectful that's the word i'll use disrespectful that makes sense i mean yeah it's just like you know people there's a, there's plenty of hoopla about you know, movies that fictionalize real life serial killers, real life serial killer victim, victim. But my thing about those movies, at least, sorry, they don't interrupt, interrupt. Yeah. But like when you say like based on true events, it's at least some realm of the truth. This was not related to that, that's people. my point is that like the like it's one thing for those movies that like kind of take some liberties with the but can you imagine being like a, a descendant of Nicole and watching this movie that like just like it just it sounds so baffling to me and that's why like i almost do want to watch it just out of pure sheer like curiosity i I probably will eventually which you know sounds horrible to say that i'm gonna watch this movie because i just why would i waste 90 minutes of my time and it's also i i also just everything i've read is that it's just the like the filmmaking itself is like of horrible quality so Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, yeah thanks for watching for our for, for our entertainment. For, I, I, like I said, I, I've been on a rabbit hole ever since this started. I'm looking at lists of films with a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomato, and just real quick before we end here, I just uh, for our for our, our our film our 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 big film man right here. Can you tell me what the 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 number one movie is? Most reviews, a hundred and eighteen. Critical reviews from actual critics with a zero percent. Can you give me any more? Jack and Joe. Here's here's what I can give you. And actually, so there's two that you might get in the top four. Okay. Jack and Joe. Um, and here's what I'll give you. One of them was from 2002. That's the big one. The other one is from 2018. Okay. Catwoman and Stalker. All right. Can I? What can what I can I keep giving you? Can I give you a couple more clues? The John Travolta you, movie. Before you do it, I don't think that's a John Travolta movie. The one you know what I'm talking about, where he's a stand like this is. Oh, the fanatic. Not oh, the fanatic. Okay, so so here's here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. Um, it is not the fanatic. But that was so unbelievably close. I can't believe you even just guessed that. Close in subject matter. Just close. Omid's looking it up. Omid's looking it up, so don't say No, it. I'm not. So Omid, I'm literally sharing my screen right now. Here's uh, Omar. Omar, there's your hint for the, uh, for the not the number one, but the number four, which I think you should get. Um, there's that's a good hint, and that that was a that was a close that was a really close guess. The fanatic was a close guess. Was it was a really close guess? Again, I'm saying what because of subject matter. If I tell you why, it will give away the answer. Is it another John Travolta movie? Is it that one with him and De Niro killing season? It is not the killing season. Okay. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. Think about what think about what year I say. 
2018. I don't. I don't know. I, oh, uh, by the way, oh, oh, you oh, do. Freddy know. getting figured. No, it's not Freddy getting figured. Freddy got fingered, but yes. Is the other one food fight? The other one is not food fight. Damn. The other one, I've never heard of this. I just figured there's a chance you know it. Here's what I'll tell you about the other one. You ready for this? Yeah. The other one had a budget of $70 million. Are you serious? A $70 million budget, and it made $20 million. Gross. And you've Worldwide. never heard of it? I've never heard of this movie. Um, but yeah, so it lost $50 million. What is that one? That one is Ballistic X vs. Sever. Oh, yes, Directed yes, yes, by White yes. Kawo Sayanada. Yes, I have heard of that. Is that the one with... Um, Antonio Banderas. Antonio yes. Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Um, yes, so that movie apparently is, is 118 reviews from critics. Not a single one of them possible. But again, you know I think the Rotten Tomatoes uh, thing is... Stupid. Sure, sure, but at that point... At that there, point. Yeah, but there are probably worse movies than that movie out there, but it's just like... 118 and not a single one found it enjoyable. That's but, pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, that's yes, pretty impressive. But, but that's but that's it's but that's the thing is it's not about the degree of bad. It's just about whether, whether it was bad. Omar, or this movie good. lost fifty million five zero. I understand. I'm just saying, I'm saying I, this I, is I don't think this is the hill. There are plenty of other movies that you can probably die in the Rotten Tomatoes hill. I don't think this is one. The other one I'm gonna tell you because I can't believe you fucking get it. Yes, another John Travolta movie from twenty eighteen. Who's boss? Come on. Oh, John Gotti. Gotti. Come Gotti. on. Gotti. Yeah. You, yeah, sh yeah, yeah. you should have gotten that one. You should have gotten that one. Totally uh, Dude, that movie has not entered my brain since like three years ago when all I was doing was reading like hilarious reviews of how bad it was. <laughs> since then, or four, yeah. Three years ago. Oh, since then, I, Gotti has not occupied my mind for a single millisecond. Oh, dude, someone should watch Gotti for the next for the next loss. That's a good. That's a good one. That's Too bad a... I don't lose challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I'll be you, making a you win one. You finally won one. The middle. So I, I haven't lost. Do I have I lost? I'm just thinking of the middle. Uh, never lost. Have okay. some range. Never lost. I do have some range. I win and then I get in the middle. Plus, have you won yet? Have I? Yeah, I won Oscars. Oh yeah. I, what movie did we watch? Hell if I know. So I will be making a post. Forgettable one, I'll tell you that. I will make a post on Instagram, and I'm sure Omid will make a disparaging post on Twitter about how I absolutely wiped the floor with these two. We just talk about how if I, we got 70 votes on the Twitter for like big picture and fandom, we appreciate you. Thank you. This transitions to listeners, but one tag changes the game. And and. Of those 70 votes, what, it was like 60 of them were for me or 50-something? 60 for you. You, you, had, you had a good one. And I won the Instagram, which the Instagram is like the people that actually we can say confidently listen to the show. They right. are friends of the show. Correct. So there's no there's no questioning. We my, got a comment, though, uh, on the on the being like, if Omar had one other movie. And, he, and that movie it. was on, on your boy's squad and over Gus here. Gus was right. Gus was right. If I had End of Watch, mine would have been an even more of a home Which you did. Oh, Which you did. did. We, we did. We realized we will pick the years ahead, much ahead of time so Nuss enough, and I can beef up our year, beef up yes. the, our catalog. Yes. Well, so I will, with that, I will have my golden ticket that I will redeem in the next month, which will be when I get to make these two watch another movie. Since we got to pick one of mine today, I'm probably going to cool off a little bit, let you guys have some fun, and then and then hit you with something that I don't know. Get nowhere. back at Seven it. Seven once since April. Wonderful. <laughs> well, that's on you. But for next week, we're going to do something a little different than we normally have done. And so... Please go ahead, follow us on Twitter or on Instagram at the Drive Home Pod on both, right? It's at the Drive Home Pod on both Instagram and on Twitter. Please go ahead, give us a follow. Next week, by the time that you're listening to this, when this comes out, so sometime in the week after this is released, we're going to be posting polls, three movies you guys are going to pick from, whichever movie wins the poll is the movie that we will watch on our next episode. Not only that, but we have a fun bonus already in the works coming coming for you guys, uh, a nice bonus extra episode that should be coming out in within the month, three weeks or so. Um, we're going to hey, explore. Hey, let me introduce it. Okay. It's my idea. It's my director. Hey, boy. Again, I didn't win again. 
But no, um, a couple weeks ago, I proposed the idea to these two men, and I was like, guys, let, I want to, like, I've been, this year, I haven't been able to enhance, like, go into a director's catalog and, like, just deep, do a deep dive into their filmography. But um, so I proposed the idea of let's, let's take a month, let's introduce the director at the beginning of the month and take a month to catch up on all their films and then have a whole episode dedicated to that director. Um, to which these two agree to. And so with that, our first uh, director is, uh, they don't need a backstory. No, so let's give them the backstory. Um, is uh, Mr. Ridley Scott. Isn't it Sir Ridley Scott? It is Sir. He's knighted. Sir, Sir Ridley Scott. Um, so if you guys want to catch up, so we're, 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 if you guys, you guys are more than welcome to watch any Ridley Scott movie so you can engage in the conversation. And if you end up do watching some, send it like we can maybe conclude in the episode, but the three required movies, us three are, we're, we're, we're going to talk about is Thelma and Luis, Black Hawk Down and Blade Runner. Um, so if any of the, if any Ridley Scott movies you want to watch, definitely watch those three. And then we're going to do some more beyond those three as well. Anything to add? Nope, already already at it. Watched watched two. I'm gonna do plenty more in the next couple of weeks. His catalog is so awesome and interesting and diverse that it's like it's not like watching, I don't know, even like something like Tarantino, like yes, the subject matter is different, but like his movies all have a similar feel. Like Ridley Scott goes from making Alien to you know, Gladiator to fucking Matchstick Men, which I watched a couple of days ago, which was really cool. So like He's really is actually a perfect director for this kind of challenge. So I'm glad I'm glad we ended up on him. Thank we'll, you for the idea. And thank we'll you. You're welcome. This, uh, You're welcome for the pick. Sure. <laughs> we'll be doing this uh, hopefully monthly. So we'll, if, send us director suggestions and we'll have them race against it. Monthly. What, monthly what? seems a little excessive, but we'll do it every couple months. <laughs> What's wrong with monthly? A lot of Omid's gone. Omid's gone rogue on us, guys. Have you forgotten that you and I have like a thing where we watch a movie every day, like once a year? Like, there's a we got a lot of movie watching outside of this, so we'll we'll definitely. Oh, yes, yeah, it's almost O and O time, right? You're you're a week away. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna we're starting we're doing a delayed start. Yeah, COVID COVID, COVID pandemic delayed it. That's COVID's pushing everything. We started back. this during COVID, but yeah, we're gonna actually we're gonna start a little later. Well, well be on the lookout for that. That's great. We got a lot to look forward to. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed. Let us know what your thoughts are on One Hour Photo, if you've seen it. And if not, like we said, you should totally go see it. It's on HBO Max right now, so you can go ahead and watch Robin Williams do his craft. Thanks so much. We hope you guys tune in next week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Drive Home Pod. Get all the updates you need on our next episodes and all the other fun stuff that we toss out on there. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Booyah.